Welcome to Fixated, the Fixed Income Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth Moran, Editorial Director of Fixed Income News Australia. Join me every week as I talk about the latest news, views and education in fixed income investment. I'll be joined by industry experts from Australia and across the globe. Welcome. Today I have Bill Hoffey, who is Head of Aberdeen Standards Infrastructure Funds Australia. Hello, Bill. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Good to be here. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, Are you in Sydney in lockdown at the moment? I am, unfortunately, but uh, all safe and sound at the moment. Oh, very good. Uh, We are in Brisbane too now in lockdown, um, so I guess I'll be sitting out in the yard today getting a bit of sun if I get the chance. Um, Really delighted to have Bill here with us today. Recently, Aberdeen Standard did an ESG, a landmark ESG deal in Australia. Bill, can you tell me what is ESG? ESG stands for Environmental, Social and Governance. It's um, a growing term which is used right across the financial industry uh, and in all walks of business these days. And it really focuses on uh, the three main components of um, environment and whether um, companies, uh, loans uh, or anything that you're doing um, is thinking about the environment and environmentally friendly. It then focuses on the social component, um, whether it is looking after the diversity uh, of the workforce, um, the social nature of inclusivity, and then it moves on to the governance side of things and whether people are following the practices of good governance in relation to investing and lending uh, and in everyday walk of life in the way in which we do business. So we've seen recently a growing trend towards ESG and uh, investors actively looking for ESG. What's the market like in Australia? Look, the market is um, incredibly active in ESG. Um, and, and I should say ESG has been around for quite a while. It's just the fact that it's become more prominent in terms of um, the, the focus to have ESG linked lending or investments as part of your portfolio. So um, it, it's, um, it's, a, it's a subject matter that is growing worldwide and certainly it's something that is taking a lot of interest in Australia. So how does, uh, and one of the things from my reading is that there are investments being classified as ESG but that aren't truly ESG. So is there an accreditation that investments have to um, or loans have to meet to get that classification, or is it really open to anyone? How, how does that work? Um, there are there are indeed um, accreditations and certifications, um, and unfortunately, uh, there is no one standard which is set across the globe. Um, I have to say that Australia um, is following um, its its own requirements and trying to follow best practice with regards to its adoption. Uh, and classification of ESG. Um, but yes, there is uh, an element of greenwashing out there which um, could be classified as being attributed to projects which aren't necessarily meeting all of the ESG uh, criteria or ticking all the boxes. Uh, and that's something that we need to be very mindful of and wary of. So certainly we're seeing whether it be government um, bodies, um, uh, issuing bonds um, with ESG uh, criteria, uh, and they're usually getting those um, accredited by third-party um, evaluators uh, that are effectively registered. 
um, we get um, borrowers issuing loans and, uh, and bonds on an ESG basis. And obviously we've got the loan um, and, and, and lending marketplace eager to lend that kind of product um, to those borrowers. So tell us a bit about the Royal Adelaide Hospital. Uh, Aberdeen Standard recently led uh, a triple P, public-private partnership ESG loan deal syndicate. Uh, there's quite a lot to unpack there, Bill, perhaps. Uh, do you want to talk about that? That'd be great. Sure. Um, this is a project that was um, originally procured uh, following the GFC um, as a greenfield hospital by the Government of South Australia. Um, the consortium that Aberdeen was involved with uh, was successful um, in uh, reaching financial close in 2011 and then proceeded through our construction joint venture to build the hospital, move through the commissioning stage and into operation, which occurred in 2017. Um, and from that point on, um, we've now been settling down the operations of the hospital uh, and truly making the hospital work uh, best for the uh, for the staff and the patients in um, in South Australia. Um, the loans, um, the, the the prospect of a, P, a PPP usually involves uh, a construction period, which tend to last between three and six years, and then you have um, a concession with which um, the operations life cycle and maintenance, uh, as well as these loans and investments, are paid back over the course of. Um, and we've got to the point now where the hospital has reached a point where we could refinance uh, the loan that we had in place. Um, and given um, evolution in the ESG landscape, um, particularly the opportunity uh, and the new accreditations that came out this year associated with um, social, the social component of ESG, it enabled us to go out uh, and achieve an accreditation to get a green and social loan, uh, the first of its kind for a PPP uh, in the health environment. Which is really amazing. Can we talk a little bit about the green aspect to the hospital? So when you said it was built on a greenfield site, that meant it hadn't the site hadn't been used for anything else, is that right? No, um, the hospital was previously um, on the site of a, a railway sidings. Um, so the, the, the reference to greenfield is really linked to the fact that it is a project that needs to be built uh, before it moves into what I then deem the brownfield stage, which is when it's operational. So um, uh, I guess that's the, the component of greenfield versus brownfield. Okay, and what were the what were the hospital's green credentials? How did it? What has it done to to prove itself to be green, if you like? And I can't explain them all here, but a few examples of those uh, of those things that have come out. So. Um, the, the hospital um, has many courtyards, um, 70 courtyards, to enable every room um, to have um, um, windows into a green space. Um, and all of those uh, courtyards um, are, fur are furnished and flourished with, uh, with planting. Um, we, uh, we harvest uh, rainwater and use that rainwater to, um, to basically feed the plants in those courtyards and keep that that green. We also use an energy system to recapture heat um, that um, occurs in the hospital and use that to facilitate the, the driving of power to make sure the hospital 
uh, is greener and more sustainable. It's so exciting to hear about these projects, Bill. I just it's it's amazing. Uh, and t- can we talk now a little bit about the social aspects of the hospital? How does it qualify there? And again, just going back to those courtyards, um, by having um, seven hundred individual bedrooms with um, green outlooks really helps to aid patient recovery. Um, it makes uh, them feel like they're in a more tranquil space. Um, and that together with the amenities that we've provided in the hospital you know, have helped to drive some of the social components. The fact that the hospital um, not only um, takes patients from all over South Australia, but also certain patients from the Northern Territories and is also a teaching hospital um, has helped drive those social components and how it's helped take that social um, requirement. I think that sounds amazing. If I was having to go into hospital for anything, I think I'd be looking at, at that hospital in, in Adelaide. Um, so the deal was for $2.2 billion uh, bill. Were there different tranches in the deal? Can you talk about the deal at all or is it any of the pricing or is there any... I'm thinking in particular of a recent West Farmers um, sustainability-linked bond where if they didn't meet certain um, carbon reduction emission targets, that there was an extra um, basis points added to the coupon, so there was a penalty to the company. Can you talk a little bit about that or or not so much? So and I think we need to probably draw a distinction between the sustainability-linked uh, loans or bonds, which is uh, the one that you've just outlined, where um, the the source of the funds um, can be used almost for anything, but really it's the key performance indicators, which if they're met, you either get a few basis points reduction in your margin, or if you don't make them a few basis points increase in the margin. The difference with those and the green and or social uh, loans that are in place is it's all about the use of proceeds and our use of proceeds have gone to effectively a green and social cause. Um, So there is no um, ratchets up or down in margins for for not meeting the criteria because the criteria has already been met at the outset. Yes, we do have regular reporting, which we need to disclose to our lenders um, for their own purposes. Um, um, but in terms of why we went down the green and social route, um, we really wanted um, to attract more lenders and attract more appetite um, to, to the loan. Um, so given the fact that more and more banks are allocating a greater proportion of their balance sheet to lend into um, ESG um, uh, facilities, um, we felt um, having the ESG, uh, sorry, the green and social loan in place uh, would drive that appetite. And in turn, that appetite drived a little bit of competition um, and that enabled us to improve the terms that we were able to achieve. So there was a bit of competition for the um, the debt, so that bodes well for future um, issuance, would you say? Yeah, I'd certainly say that um, um, projects like the Royal Adelaide Hospital and most other PPPs, given their um, green nature, uh, and in this 
particular aspect social nature as well, I think they will remain to be um, very attractive for lenders to be involved with. Okay, there were two other um, issues that you, that Aberdeen Standard were involved in. Perhaps if we can talk a bit about those. One was Queensland's new generation rolling stock project. Yes, um, again, we um, we were another project which, which reached uh, financial close um, back in 2014. Um, we had the opportunity to build um, 75 six-car trains, um, commission them um, and have them now providing community services on the South East Queensland network. Um, that loan um, has now got to the point where we could um, go to the market for a refinance. And again, um, given the credentials of that project, um, we were able to obtain a, a green loan accreditation um, and able to um, effectively um, go to the lenders with that as a green loan. And the other one was the Can- Canberra Metro uh, Integrated Electric Light Rail. Was that a, that was a green project as well? Again, um, a project that uh, we reached financial close on in 2015 um, to provide um, a new light rail project from Gungarland down to the centre of Canberra. Um, that um, project is incredibly green. Um, the Australian uh, Capital Territory Government sources all of the energy for that project from um, from renewable sources. And of course, um, the, um, the whole project itself, right away from the vehicles through to the depot, um, is, is very much um, an example of green, um, the green component, environmentally sustainable component of projects. So Bill, I just wanted to chat to you a little bit about infrastructure because all these deals we've been talking about are infrastructure and I think it's a great asset class for particularly um, investors moving from accumulation into retirement phase, but it's really hard to access infrastructure investments in Australia. It's good to see that they're, they're, all the projects are being funded, etc. but it's really an institutional market here. Do you think that's fair to say? Certainly on the project's um, side of life because these are um, long-dated assets which um, are relatively um, sticky projects where your investment goes in and it could take quite a lot of time for investment to be returned. Um, it's It tends to be the domain of uh, the institutional investors rather than um, um, the, the general funds on the street. Um, that's not to say that couldn't happen. It just tends to be uh, the nature of, uh, of play to date. Uh, there are um, a handful of, um, of uh, opportunities out there and certainly um, there is opportunity to invest into those companies who are active players in the, um, in the infrastructure space. Bill, that's fascinating today. Really delighted to have you on the show. Thanks very much for coming to talk to us about ESG infrastructure triple P's uh, and funding loans in Australia. Um, We wish you well and thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you for joining us this week on Fixated, the fixed income podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and don't forget to join us again next week. Still hungry for more fixed income news, views and education? Then visit fixedincomenews.com.au and don't forget to subscribe to our newsletter to have the latest news delivered right to your inbox. 
Thanks again for joining us. I'm Elizabeth Moran and we'll see you next week on Fixated, the fixed income podcast.